Hello there. My name's Martin Fry from ABC. You're listening to Stuck in the 80s. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the hijinks. I've got a trig midterm tomorrow and I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. The opportunities. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. And the wisdom. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And with me today, I'm not ashamed to admit it, he's the only man who shoots a poison arrow through my heart, heart, heart. Times pop music critic, Sean Daly. That's right. I'm sitting here in my Cupid's diaper, and I'm looking at you, big man. I got you in my sights. Plink, plink, plink. You love the poison arrow, don't you? I love the poison arrow. It's my favorite ABC song. Who broke my heart? You're fired up. I am. I'm pumped up. Fired up because today we get a chance to talk to Martin Fry, lead singer of ABC. A former music journalist. He is. That's why I like him. I'm furious. I'm furious. We should tell people because you interviewed him and did a great job at interviewing him. Uh, I couldn't. I was busy. What were you doing? I was resting up for my Pearl Jam show. You had to rest up? Do you have to rest up for your thing? You know what? I bring my A game every time I review a show. I need my mental rest. Back to sleep, Lewis, or I'm telling Ma about your Playboys. I got to say, too, even though they're a 90s band, it's one of the greatest shows I've ever seen since I've been living in Florida. Oh, it couldn't be the Van Halen show we saw. It was different. It was different. It, yeah, technically more proficient. Yeah. Well, but uh, it was a great show. But Pearl Jam is no ABC. No. At ABC, I actually get a chance to see him twice this summer. A lot of people get a chance to see him twice. I'm going to catch him in Vegas. Oh, okay. the Vegas trip. Vegas. It's already historic and classic and controversial, and it hasn't even happened yet. I want to go to Vegas with you. Convince the FF to let me go. I'm doing what I can. I'm doing what I can, but it's not easy. She's a tough nut to crack. Tell me about it. I enjoy skinny skiing. To bullfights on acid. We still talking about Vegas? <laughs> okay, so you won't be in Vegas, but you will be in Clearwater for the August 30th show. I will be there. So this is the Regeneration Tour. ABC is touring with Human League and Flock of Seagulls, Dead or Alive, Naked Eye. Depends on what... Naked what, Eyes. Naked Eyes. I love I them. Just, I love Naked Eyes. I think it's singular, isn't it? Really? I don't know. I'll it bet you a carton of Funyuns. A whole carton of Funyuns? Yeah, a 24-pack of Funyuns that's oh, naked eyes. God, I hope Plural, I'm, my good friend. Pray to heaven that there's no such thing as a 24-pack <laughs> of Funyuns. Anyway, uh, Martin called from uh, England uh, yesterday. I had a chance to talk to him for about half an hour. Great conversation. Really friendly guy. Oh, cheers. 
He touches on a lot of issues from ABC's career. He talks about Trevor Horn. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. The great producer, Trevor yeah, he Horn. he talks about Trevor. He talks about the gold suit. Yeah. His infamous gold suit. He'll talk about uh, why some songs were hits here in the U.S., but not in England. Now, what's one, for example, what's one? Can you give Be it away? Near me. Be Near Me is one of them. Really? Yeah. It was big here and not big over there. He says he has to almost relearn it every time he comes over and tours here, just because he's not used to it. He'll also talk about this new album of theirs called Traffic. There's a new single off it. It's called The Very First Time. Here's a piece of it. If you I'll be honest with you. I love that song. It's a great song. It's really, really good. And to be, you know, you're a bigger ABC fan than I am. I like the obvious hits, but I think this is like their fourth or fifth best song. Yeah, easily. It's really good. I like the synthetic string plucks. <laughs> We've packed a Speaking lot. Speaking of, of plucks, what am I doing right now? Oh, I'm getting us fired up for ABC. Up. I don't need to get fired up. I Man, I was a, as usual. I was a mess before the interview. And uh, my voice fades out a little bit because I, I get a little uh, verklempt at times. But uh, plus, it was, it's, it's, it's tricky when you're dealing with audio when someone's calling from overseas. It's trick to rock around to rock around. Sorry. Jesus. My God. But you know what? You're a great interviewer. You have turned yeah. into a fantastic interviewer. Well, Martin Fry makes me a good interviewer. I'm not going to hesitate any longer. Let's cue it up. Let's do it. Let's listen to Martin Fry. We'll be back on the flip side. Shoot the poison arrow. I actually get to, to fulfill uh, like a 20-year-old dream here because not only do I get to talk to you today, but I also get to see, you, see ABC perform live twice in the same month because yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be there in Vegas. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, so I have to wait 25 years and then I get to see it twice. Uh, you, you won't be disappointed, yeah. I, I better not be. I can't wait to see you guys play live. I have to lay some glitz down in Vegas. You know, it always brings that out of everybody that ever plays Vegas. If, uh, are you looking forward to this, the regeneration? Yeah, program? very much so. Um, about a year ago, we did some shows. Um, we played a lot of club dates. Then we did some shows with the Human League that culminated at the um, Hollywood Bowl, and it worked out really well. So from that, I think that the idea with various promoters came about to do the Regeneration Tour. Do you feel comfortable doing tours that involve a lot of uh, acts from the 80s? Well, back in the 80s, everybody hated each other. Yeah, they'd stand on each side of the, um, the TV studio and, and, and glare at each other. Because uh, everybody was chasing that number one spot, weren't they? Oh yeah, I think uh, all these years on now, we've, there's a lot of um, a lot of respect. I've got a lot of respect for all the other artists that we're going to be on stage alongside. Now, now is there? Any but it kind of works well because the audiences love the show. I mean, uh, it is like standing inside a human jukebox, and collectively, there's a lot of hit records uh, there to perform. Is it is it hard to throw together a set list for a show like this because there's so many bands and so little time? Yeah. Um, I'm going to abbreviate some of the songs so we get to play all the hits and some of the new songs as well. Uh, no, it's, it's tough on me because, yeah, I don't get a chance to take a breath between songs. That's all. 
Yeah. But now, you, you talked about how back in the 80s, these ba- you know, a lot of bands didn't like each other. But oh, I was only kidding, really, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I've always kind of wondered. Cause, I mean, but it, it, it was a very, very competitive time. Uh, the British music scene, you know, the bands were so, as you know, so uh, divergent, like from Dex's Midnight Runners, The Cure, Duran Duran, Spandau Ballet, I don't know, Soft Cell, Depeche Mode, ABC. There was a uh, culture club. There was so many, the Human League, there's so many different groups around. So it was it, it was very competitive, and each week there'd be a new development in sound and uh, somebody with a new angle on music. So in that respect, it was a very uh, inspiring time. Now, ABC was born from the, the Sheffield... Uh, yeah. Manchester scene? Well, Sheffield, north of England, uh, was where we sort of formed out of frustration, really. And we were always trying to make a connection between the records we'd hear in the clubs um, and, and the music we'd play at home. So the, the connection between Joy Division and um, Earth, Wind and Fire. So sort of out of that came the music. Uh, it's our music, ABC's music. Well, I hope There's a lot of bands that were born from that city. Yeah. Um, uh, from from Sheffield. Yeah, Def Leppard were from Sheffield. Um, the Human League. Joe Cocker. Heaven 17. Heaven 17. Yeah. Now, is there is there a special camaraderie that you have with those bands today because of that connection? Yeah. Um, I notice you tour with them a lot. Is that... I mean, I think because I think you guys have toured with Human League, and I think you're going to tour again with Heaven Seventeen. So it's kind of yeah, I'm going to play some shows in December in the UK. Um, yeah, there is. As the years roll by, there's a, a great deal of respect for any musician that's you know been around for more than 15 minutes, and um, and also to stand on a stage in 2008, it is a privilege and an honour, uh, and in my case, to to perform the Look of Love and Poison Arrow and, and When Smokey Sings and Be Near Me. So. Um, I think there's a lot of respect about the way people carry themselves in 2008. It's, do, you, do you find it surprising, or, or, or I, I presume a happy surprise that sort of the 80s have had this, you know, resurgence? I think uh, a lot of things are at play: big hair, big tunes, big choruses. Uh, it was all kind of very J.R. Ewing, if you think about it. The, the 80s pop scene, yeah, it was big. Uh, I think people like the big choruses, but there is an element of um, looking back to an age when uh, life was less complicated, uh, less debts, less uh, confusion. Also, when you look at all those kind of crazy homemade 80s sort of pop videos, they're kind of quaint, aren't they? They're kind of amusing and entertaining, whereas today people seem to take it a lot more seriously, and it's a lot more professional and a lot more corporate in the way people operate well it's funny because back then it's kind of it's kind of homemade and stuck together and that that applies to abc and and madonna and prince when you actually look at those clips they're kind of um they're just peopled with your friends you know what i mean and and they're kind of pretty ramshackle i think people love that yeah but your videos the abc videos i mean to almost anybody from the 80s those really stand out i mean you guys did hellaciously great videos back then Uh, there was no british music uh 
industry. So I suppose that was that was what was happening. Uh, sorry, film industry. So everybody in the music indus- industry was trying to sort of make their own little movies. Yeah. Now was that a was that a strategy on your behalf that hey we're gonna we're gonna do videos that really stand out above the rest? Well, after after seeing like the, the punk rock was really it was exciting really exciting growing up as a kid with that, but it never the Back then, the Pistols and the Clash never really became as big as you wanted them to. They became bigger later. Uh, so my generation coming through afterwards kind of realized we wanted to make really international pop music. And we wanted our music to travel the world. So I think that's definitely part of that ambition uh, is definitely why, why people started making clips. Also, um, everybody wanted to look different. Uh, and it wasn't really a high fashion scene or anything. It was just homemade stuff, uh, stuff you found in thrift stores and, you know, just, just, I don't know, really. It was just a mania. Now, that gold suit of yours that's so famous, yeah. that was no thrift store find, was it? Yeah, no, I had that made up by a guy in, uh, Car- on Carnaby Street in London, yeah. You might, you might be the most famous, you might own the most famous outfit from the 80s. I've got to look at, well, I had three gold suits, and one of them got stolen once in Coventry. I left one in Japan. I do have one. But I had some more made up uh, in recent years for, um, for for Star Trek The Next Generation, yeah. Yeah, so we'll get to see one in Vegas. ABC, the, 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 the regeneration. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to see one in concert this time around? Yeah, I've usually got, I bring a couple of things over, but yeah, there's usually a few shiny things there, yeah. Got to carry that flag. Any time, any place, every shape, every face brings. I want to talk to you a second about um, Lexicon of Love. A lot of people think of that as being, I, I know it's widely considered to be one of the top 100 albums of all time. That's kind, yeah. It, it's, it's a beautiful album. And, and uh, my question is, you know, these days, with the sort of, uh, you know, iPod and iTunes culture, is it sort of almost discouraging in a way to, to try to make an album that's, I mean, that uh, Lexicon of Love, in my mind, has to be almost be listened to start to finish to really, truly enjoy it. But you, don't, you can't do that these days, can you? Um, or maybe you can. In a way, albums are too long now, aren't they? Because they used to be like nine songs or ten songs. And most artists could, could fulfill that contract with the audience. But now they have to be 12 or 16 songs. So I think sometimes that stretches things a little bit. Um, but the lexicon of, yeah, it was conceived with a start, a middle, and a finish, really. Um, so maybe I should turn it into a musical or something. That would be beautiful. But it, it did seem to have um, a life of its own, and it... It kind of, it's kind of very epic, you know. We put orchestration on it. It, it seemed to just, it, it was a whole career in itself, if if you think, in a way. Yeah, I'd love to see you come back and do a tour where you just play that that album, start to finish. Well, yes, I'm thinking of doing a date at the Albert Hall in London in uh, April with a full orchestra uh, to do that. So that's maybe something I'll put together uh, and come and do in the United States. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. We would love that over here. Um, the um, now Trevor Horn played a big role. Yeah, what was it like working with him? Well, uh, fantastic. Yeah, Trevor Horn's got an incredible sense of humour, and um, he was really. Uh, we were very ambitious. We wanted to make something that would last a long time. In a way, uh, uh, we had a lot of. So yeah, Trevor was really encouraging. You know, if we had an idea, he would he would make it uh, make it a reality and. You know, he said, if you want somebody to play clarinet on your record, you don't have to go away for 25 years and learn clarinet and 
bring somebody in. So it was it was to make a very cinema cinemascope sort of record, yeah, cinematic record. No. So yeah, he was great. I mean, um, it was it was a lot. It, the, the record sounds very sumptuous and luxuriant, sort of to, by today's standards, I suppose. But it was done very quickly over in a really small studio over in um, Brick Lane, which is like a really funky part of London. So it was a laugh. It was really good fun making that, making the legs kind of love. Then you judge the look by the lover. I hope you'll soon recover. Me, I go from one extreme to Now, I understood you, you sort of reunited with Trevor, or you, you performed with him yeah. at, at Wembley a couple years ago when he was... Yeah, the, they have a thing called the Prince's Trust, where Prince Charles comes down, he does it for, for charities, uh, uh, youth charities, so it was uh, an evening of um, Trevor, Horn, Trevor Horn produces, so it was, um, we played alongside... Uh, Grace Jones, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Yes, uh, The Pet Shop Boys. I'm trying to think. There was loads of acts, yeah. Anyone he'd worked with. Yeah, that Seal. Must have been a night. That must have been a heck of a night. Uh, there was a lot of people there. So it was It was a great event. So, yeah, it was great reuniting with Ann Dudley, who'd done, the, done the, um, a lot of the orchestration on the Lexicon of Love, and also Gary Langdon, who, who was the mix en- uh, recording engineer who I've just worked recently with. Uh, he's just been mixing a new album for me called Traffic. Yeah, I've heard the uh, the first uh, single from that. It's fantastic. Oh, cheers. I, w- I, can't, I hope you will uh, be releasing it here in the U.S. soon. Yeah, just getting that organized, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, uh, I'm going to be the first one to buy one, I guarantee you. Oh, nice one. Well, you, it. Don't, you don't need to buy one, but yeah. <laughs> I have to buy one. The, um, I, I want to talk about the hits for a second. You know, Look of Love and Poison Arrow are easily, you know, are two fantastic classics. But it always seemed odd to me that, that it would be songs like How to Be a Millionaire and Be Near Me that actually charted a little bit higher over here. Yeah. What, how do you explain? I mean, that, that must have seemed odd at the time to you. Um, or, or maybe not. Well, initially, when we came over, um, we'd had a lot of success in Europe, and it was like starting all over again in, in the United States. And the trends and the, the, the atmosphere musically was very different. So... I guess, you know, the record company worked Lexicon of Love uh, and Poise Now and The Look of Love, but that was the sort of st- starting blocks. Uh, when we came to make How to Be a Zillionaire, we just wanted to do something entirely different. So that's how Millionaire and uh, Be Near Me came about. But those, we made a load of um, cartoon videos that really took off and did like a lot of mixes for the clubs, uh, which really took those records up the charts. Yeah. I know, it's just different. Um, Funnily enough, I never really performed Be Near Me in the UK. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't really a big tune there, but it's a popular record uh, in America. Now, a song like When Smokey Sings. Now, I understand you actually once played that on Soul Train. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. Did a King Without a Crown and When Smokey Sings. Yeah. Uh, Don have, Cornelius, yeah. It must have been the first new romantic band to ever play Soul Train. Yeah, I know Bowie did it and Elton John. So it was a great, um, it was a great honor to be asked to do Soul Train. Yeah, we, 
I mean, I, I grew up listening to a lot of R&B and soul, so it was a great um, accolade. And from that, we met Smokey Robinson. So it was really, uh, it was really interesting to have written a song about somebody. You know, you, you've got to be careful what you write songs about because it, um, meeting him became a reality. It was really interesting. What, what did he say about the song? Well. He invited us up to... I met him originally in Holland. We, he was doing a TV show there, and then about four weeks later, I met him in Los Angeles, and by then, uh, his record and our record were both in the top five. So um, he invited us over to Motown. He was the managing director of Motown at the time in, in Los Angeles. But, you know, for a kid that's grown up listening to Tears of a Clown and, um, you know, and, and, and alongside Smokey, Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder, you know, it was a great, great honour. Hey, um, did I read somewhere that you actually coached um, Hugh Grant on yeah. music and lyrics? Uh, yeah, about two years ago. What was that like? Warner Brothers phoned me up and said, would I go to New York and stay in a five-star hotel for, <laughs> for a long period of time? Tough decision. And I said, okay, you can twist my arm a bit more, you know. And um, they were doing uh, this film, Music and Lyrics, where, where Hugh Grant was playing like um, uh, a singer who was writing songs a singer who'd started off in the 80s, so they figured if he was a singer, he would sound like me. So they got me down there to show him a couple of moves, really, and to um, to kind of encourage him. He wasn't really a natural singer. He's, he's a, I mean, he's a much better actor than he is a singer. Um, but he worked really hard, and um, they had me down there just to kind of in, just to get it going, yeah. Did, uh, so they paid me a lot of money. It was great, and uh, I ate well, and the air miles were fantastic. <laughs> uh, but Hugh did all the singing, yeah. Yeah. I, did you like the song that they ended up with? I thought it was almost, it captured the eighties really well. Uh, in, a, in a in a satire. Pop goes my heart was the, the kind of tuna thing. Yeah, yeah. I think actually, you know what? I think there's more. I think there's way more comedy in the nineteen eighties than they. I think they touched on it, and I thought it was a pretty amusing film. But I, I kind of want Spinal Tap too. The the video years, don't you? Yeah, definitely. That could be. That could go. You know, but pop, uh, pop, pop goes my heart. Pop. Yeah, that's that's the tune they had at the beginning of the tune. The the video that they they came up with that goes with it is is genius. And, yeah, uh, I thought that. I went to the premiere and I. I I would have had more of that because the video happens and then they drop into the narrative, don't they? Yeah. I would have just had the video because, yeah, that brought back some fun memories for me, yeah. Now, I understand you're also friends with um, Tony Hadley of Spando Ballet. Yeah, I've just done a... I know Tony very well from performing, uh, but we just went to Costa Rica to do a trek for, um, for a charity. And about two years ago, we went and did a trek in Venezuela with about 40 people, uh... uh you kind of walk walk up to the lost world, and, and this time we went from coast to coast in uh, Costa Rica. So I know Tony quite well. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Good singer. Are you going to be able to talk him into getting Spando Ballet back together? Yeah, I mean that subject occasionally comes up. Yeah, and every couple of months it seems to come around. But um, I tried to get. I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's a kind of raw subject, raw topic with those guys, oh, with man. Tony. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's a dream lineup. Fat yeah. lady hasn't sung yet, though. You see. Yeah, I mean, do you but I don't know. They did. They did end up in court a few years ago, and it did get pretty acrimonious. Yeah, but time heals all wounds, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. 
it, I think it would be personally. I'd love to see it, but um, I don't know. I don't know if that that's going to take place in the next six months or the next six years. I, don't, I just don't know. Uh, the sooner the better. I hope. Well, but, you know, uh, Tony's Tony's a phenomenal singer. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I loved Spando Ballet when they were around. Now you, you kind of they can kind of be um, categorized same as you as new romantics, but is that a label you really like? Or I, I've heard the, I've heard the, the term Northern Soul. Yeah, I never really liked the t- term new romantic at the time. But um, then again, though, uh, with the lexicon of love and with look of love, poison now, yeah, the, we did want to bring back a lot of ro- a romantic edge to the music and a hard edge, just in the same way that Bruce Springsteen's got a romantic edge. You know, when he did Born to Run or. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, a sort of epic quality. So I don't know, really. I'm really bad on, t- you know, there are worse names. <laughs> yeah, retired would be a bad name. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I've had, you know what? I don't care anymore. After 25 years, yeah, I'm, I'm here. An elder statesman of pop. So there you go. What do you think? As always, you are a great interviewer. It was a great interview. And I loved what Martin Fry was talking about, uh, the, the camaraderie on the Regeneration Tour. I really like that idea of all these, you know, these battle-tough 80s bands still sticking around and kicking ass. I like that idea. When he, when he tells the story early on about uh, 80s acts and the, and the rivalries they had going with them, that they'd be glaring at each other from across the TV studio, I, that, was, that was cool. I was kinda, kinda, he kind of gave me that little... Uh, Look into the past there. Somebody should do a movie on that, don't you think? Has there been like a good movie about like all those? I mean, that would be great. If they should redo a movie or like recreate like five or six different like those really like cutthroat 80s well, that bands. Scene. I mean, it would be back. inherently ridiculous and funny, but also very nostalgic well, back, and poignant. Back and do, I would love to have a movie about the early scene in Sheffield and Manchester. About the music scene there, because there's so many good bands that came. Can you imagine? I know some of those bars just boom, 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 boom every night. They couldn't go wrong. We should do a stuck in the 80s movie. We should do a stuck in the 80s movie. We'll play ourselves like Howard Stern in private parts. Oh, great. I was hoping to get Jim Belushi to play me. (laughs) I was going to have Clooney play me. Rosemary Clooney. But uh, (laughs) we should, and we'd have tons of nudity and swearing, and we'd have a chase scene at the end, and Martin Fry could, could do the soundtrack. Look at you looking at me. You think I'm crazy? I'm crazy like a fox. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Hey, it's the segment that Sean Daly would just assume he tossed into the ocean and disappear forever. It's not true. I've come full circle, baby. Really? Actually, full circle me, I still hate it. I've gone 180. <laughs> I'm over there. I love it now. Good MMM. This is a segment where we play a piece of a movie from the 80s, and if you can name it, we still have a few bags of Funyuns. And we might give away some other things, too. I might give away... I still have some refrigerator magnets. Uh, we have a great giveaway that we're going to announce at the end of the show. show. Stay tuned a tremendous giveaway. Especially if you're in the Tampa Bay region, pay attention. And you want to hang out with us next Saturday. Right. But that's it. That's all we're saying until the end of the show. you got to listen. you got to listen. Anyway, here was last week's mystery movie clip. Don't know what she sees in him. She must be into fungus. That, of course, is my daughter Kid Lulu's new favorite movie. Did you know that? I did not know that. She loves it now. That is The Great Karate Kid. Doesn't scare when they sweep the leg? Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? She's kind of fades out by then. She likes when he dresses all like a shell with the shower curtain at the. Uh, oh, well, and she's like, the skeletons are chasing him. That's, this, that's where the scene comes from. Yeah. yeah she so. loves it. That's uh, Allie's friends describing Daniel's son at the dance party. Anyway, 
that one one of her friends really ticks me off. The brunette at the end of the movie when they're in the arcade, you know, she's still what? being a jerk. She's still being a jerk. Would would she give him another kiss? How about her left hook or whatever she says? It's yeah. like you know what? Ease up. Daniel Sun's in love. Did you ever have a girlfriend whose friends hated you? Pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, same here. The fur fiance. I think all of her friends from the start have disliked me. They think I'm I'm shifty and insincere. <laughs> nice. Anyway, we had several winners. Actually, pretty much everybody got this one right. Some of the names you haven't heard in a while: Robert Spazano, Matt Tartar. We hear Matt Tartar every week. I'm sick of him winning. I just like to say the name. I know. Dan Vay, Alan Lindsay, Robert Braddock, and an old friend of mine who found the blog this week, Jay Pratt Austin Trucks. Jay Pratt Austin Trucks. Is that a, a man or a woman? It's a female. Really? Yeah. Very she, interesting. She, uh, she emailed me. She found the blog and she emailed me. So it was, it was, it was, Can I read that email? You want to read it? Okay. Hang on, hang on one second. Seriously, you'll let, you'll let me read it? Is it dirty? It's not dirty. Here. Yeah, do we have to bleep it? No, here, here, hang on. Okay, there you go. What do you think? First of all, I love the name Pratt. Yeah. That's like something from like a uh, Brett Easton Ellis novel. <laughs> um, wow. No, uh, wow. Really? All right, I'm gonna, can I read it? Go ahead. I don't care. This is from Pratt to Steve. Steve, I cannot believe that I stumbled onto your 80s blog and discovered that you were, quote unquote, the head guy. You are the head guy, Spearsy. How are you doing? You may not remember me, but I was the one from Atlanta that you met at the journalist convention in Clearwater about 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago, back when you were 57. <clears throat> I remember we enjoyed some great bottles of red wine when I visited in Jacksonville. I also remember your friend from work losing his lunch in your car one night when I was visiting. Some great bottles of red wine. The letter goes on. I would love to hear from you. You always could make me laugh. And those weekends in Jacksonville and the weekend we met in Clearwater are the source of great memories. In my college grad school memory book, I still have the letters you sent me back then to remind me of some great times. Spearsy, you old dog, you. Tell us about Pratt. Oh, God. It's been so long. I, I, met, her, I met her at Clearwater Beach. Were you blown away when you got this email? Yeah, yeah. Is she single? No. No. Very attached. Married or just dating? Married with children. We can work with that. <laughs> um, what, describe her a little bit. What color was her hair? Red. Red hair. I met her on the beach. I'm, it was one of those, remember those, those few times in your life where you meet somebody and you're like, I really like to, I wish I had the courage to talk to him. Mm -hmm. I had the courage that day. Really? You had I the had courage? I had the courage. And, like the cowardly lion. Yeah. And uh, it worked out. And uh, so we, we hung out a lot. Over the, over the next few months. She was still in college. I was just out of college. Um, well, that's very nice. Pratt, again, a great name and a little bit of a surprise here on Stuck in the 80s today. Quite lovely, Spearsy. Quite lovely, indeed. Anyway, pay attention, Pratt. Here is this week's mystery movie clip. Thanks for watching this dog again. Aha, very mysterious. If you know it, if you have access to email, Email us at stuckinnews at template.com and we'll let you know if you're a wiener. Hey, hey, it must be time for Reader Mailbag. Hey, it's the segment where Sean Daly reads his favorite email. What do you got for us, Sean Z? 
Uh, I have one from Andrea or Andrea. I'm not really sure, but I don't really care because she doesn't mention me. So that's her penalty for not mentioning me. You know what? She's not the only one who didn't mention you. When I asked uh, Martin Fry to record a bumper this week, here's the bumper he gave me. Hello, it's Martin Fry from ABC. You're listening to Steve Spears on Stuck in the 80s. That's, That's BS. What up, Marty Fry? Where's the love? That's what I get for not being here. That's, That's what I get what for get, resting. Right. That's what I get for trying to win the Pulitzer Prize. Damn you, damn you and Martin Fry. Oh, don't say that. Martin Fry's a good guy. Go ahead with your letter from Andrea. Or Andrea. From New Orleans. You know, New Orleans is the Crescent City, Steve. I do know that. Hi, Steve. I have a story related to this week's mystery movie moment, The Karate Kid. As a kid in the 80s, I was once stuck on the actual love boat, The Pacific Princess. The Karate Kid and Fletch were the only children's movies on the cruise, so we saw them every night. But the real highlight was a screw-up by the catering staff. For the first few nights of the cruise, the snack buffet in the kids' movie room included mimosas as the only beverage. Most of the staff wasn't American, so I suspect it didn't seem unreasonable to them. Lovely, delicious drinks. Uh, The audience, mostly kids from 8 to 16 years old, didn't seem to care. I guess not. They just thought it was really good fruit punch. I finally was busted when I went to the casino with my mom. This time, my mom grabbed the same glass. She tasted the champagne, then freaked out and told me I was not allowed to drink this anymore. I thought it best not to mention I'd had, <laughs> I'd had it every night at the movie theater. Somewhere in my mom's garage, I still have a photo of myself, full of mimosas, at the captain's wheel of the love boat. Andrea from New Orleans. Excellent letter. Very good. Very fun. I would love to go to the Pacific Princess, but I, get, I bet by today's standards, it's just a, a barge. You know what? I totally banged Julie, your cruise director. Oh, God. Is that a periscope in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Uh, what was, the, um, what was uh, the captain's daughter's name? Vicky? Vicky. Vicky. Was she old enough? <laughs> she old enough. What are you talking I about? I don't think she was. I think you, she was You think out with high schoolers in South Carolina, and you're talking about what's old, who's old you enough? You know what? Let's just not talk about any of that. Let's move on. Send us your letters yeah, and emails. It. And if you mention me and Funyuns, you have a very good shot of getting on the air. Ah, the mystical refrain of name that 80s tune. Hey, the signature event of the week is here. Time to listen to our song. And if you can name the tune and the band, those Funyuns, my friends, the Funyuns are yours. Mm-mm. I think we've got a few bags left. And I know where they exist now. I can go buy some more, so don't worry about it. There's really? No, no shortage. Can you go to like uh, our local grocery chain yep. and buy a big yep. thing of Funyuns? No wasabi-flavored ones. No hot-flavored ones. Just the regular kind. I, you know what? It's, I don't want them to mess with success. I, just, I don't even want the wasabi ones now or the, the, the hot ones. I just like my normal, plain Funyuns. They bring me great joy. Can they bring me greater joy? Probably not. They came in bigger bags. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, pay attention. Here was last week's mystery tune. Mm, I'm guessing Sean Daly has no idea. This isn't really my bag. Okay. I give you Pearly Dewdrops Drop by the Cocteau Twins. Cocteau Twins. I love that tune. Trying to get obscure here, trying to offer it to uh, enhance. I bet no one won. I bet we had no winners this week. Three winners. Come on. Three winners. 
Not surprisingly, two of them from the UK. Mr. Sean Mulcahy. Father Mulcahy. Yep. Michael McCabe of London. Uh, he's also in a band called Cold Harbor Stores. And our good friend, Dag Shield. Dag Shield. Yeah. We love Dag. We especially love Dag's girlfriend. Leslie. Leslie. Leslie uh, and Dag took some nice photos of the uh, Funyuns that we sent them last week or two weeks ago. I posted one of them on the blog, the only one I was allowed to post on the blog. And wasn't there, um, weren't they saying that there were some pictures that not even you saw, like some really X-rated Funyun snaps? I, I can't say that they were X-rated. I could just say that uh, your theory that uh, Funyuns are an aphrodisiac could actually be fact-based. Ooh, God, you think they started hanging Funyuns from weird body parts? You trying to play uh, you know, the little carnival games with them? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, uh, the Funyun toss. Oh, man. Not good. Not good. Pay attention, Dag and Leslie. Here is this week's mystery tune. Okay, Mr. Carnival Barker, what's it going to be? Who you know, is- first of all, I just want to say that even if Dag and Leslie get it wrong, I think we should send them more Funyuns anyway. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes. They need to get really creative this time. You were quite taken by Leslie, weren't you? You thought she was quite She's stunning. Beautiful. She's incredibly beautiful. Dag's a lucky guy, and he knows it. I don't know that song. That's good. Maybe we can save some Funyuns this week. But if you out there know it, email us at stuckin80s at tempe.com. And we will let you know if you are a big, giant wiener. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. And we are back from the break. You know what's killing me? It's, it's really killing me that I'm not going on this Vegas trip, especially after hearing Martin Fry talk. I'm all pumped up about ABC now. It kills me. Did Mar- when you were talking to Martin Friday, did he invite you backstage for both shows? Oh, yeah, he did, actually. For both shows? Yeah. Oh, my God, the backstage of Vegas is going to be going crazy. Yeah, I can't wait. So it's, it's still plenty of time for, I mean, it's still, what, a, a couple weeks away at least. Come uh, Mar- Buy a ticket. Yeah, I mean, If you, you almost- want to hang out with us in Vegas, if you want to hang out with us in Clearwater, August 2nd in Vegas, August 30th in Clearwater. I'm going to talk to her fiancé tonight. One more time. Imagine if I signed on to Vegas. She'd probably have an extra 500 people and stuck in the 80s nation wanting to come out and party. Woo! Yeah, easily. Party easily. with Daly. Get a limo. Last time I was in Vegas, I had a Hummer, Hummer limo. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Nah. We also have something uh, very exciting to report. Uh, next Saturday, uh, June 21st, uh, Steve and I will be part of the Tampa Bay Rays 80s night at Tropicana Field, and the Rays organization has given us 10 tickets to give away. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. I got some extra seats for the game. Astros. Rays Astros. Rays Astros. Cool in the Gang is the uh, live performer after the show's done. Uh, there's supposed to be an 80s cover band that's playing up in the TBT Lounge. That's where we'll be, right? That's where we'll be. There's supposed to be some dance contests, lots of giveaways. Uh, Are we allowed to... Uh... Drinky, drinky. Do you know? We're allowed to refresh our palates if we need to. <laughs> yeah, right. There's uh, going to be a lot of 80s music, going to be a lot of giveaways. Gonna be something we are we judging a breakdancing contest. Something like that. We might be doing some trivia challenges, I understand. I'd like to do that. That'd be fun. And uh, But come join us. Come hang out with us at uh, the Trop. It'd be fun. And you know who you are out there, Lou Greeley. Come on, sweet Lou. Sweet Lou. Lou. Sherry. Uh, Jane. Jane. Come on. Time to you know. Yeah, email Steve. Email Steve about those uh, about those tickets. We we'll got ten of them. To you. Yeah. yeah, 
Okay, let's wrap this sucker up. Sean needs to change his Cupid diaper. I do. I am I'm very cranky. And if he doesn't, I'm going to be shooting a poison arrow at his heart. In the meantime, we're all here, firmly stuck in the 80s. Shoot that poison arrow to my heart. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. To read our blog, go to blogs.tampabay.com slash 80s. Email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Shoot